0: Hello, and welcome to the Marriage Can Win Show, and we're your hosts.
1: I'm Eric. Hi, I'm Dr. Sakisha, and our mission is to help educate, empower, and encourage couples in three key areas. We help couples to develop more effective communication skills. We also help them gain a greater control of
0: their finances so they're no longer living
1: paycheck to paycheck.
0: And finally, we help them to establish a greater level of intimacy.
1: Make sure you tune into our broadcast with other transparent couples from around the world every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on the Love Radio Network.
0: America, and welcome to the Marriage Can Win show. We are your relationship experts, Eric and Dr. Sakisha Halick. and we are really excited, as always, to be before you. We are always excited to have you viewers to be a part of our evening.
1: Our mission here at marriage can win is to educate to empower and to encourage couples to embrace that marriage can win especially when you focus on three key areas improving your communication skills developing sound money management skills so you're not living paycheck to paycheck and enhancing your levels of intimacy so your marriage can win
0: so we'd like to invite you to follow us, if you're not already following us, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We really appreciate your support, and we really appreciate you listening in on our show. Also, you can join us on our podcast at com, and also subscribe to the Marriage Win Show on YouTube.
1: Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, rebuilding trust in marriage. But I'd be remiss if I didn't first talk about rebuilding trust in America. I mean, our hearts have been going out to those that were impacted by COVID-19. But tonight, our, our hearts are going out to the family of George Floyd. I mean, as, as parents of a young Black man, well, Black men, we have two sons, you know, our youngest son is 16 years old, and I know it's an especially trying time for those of you out there who are parents and you do have young boys. I mean, for us, just having to remind our son every time he walks out that door, before he gets into that car, what he should say or not say, I mean, what he should do or, or not do, and how to conduct himself if he's stopped by the police it's frightening because he's, you know, he's a good kid, well-mannered, but you never know. And the last thing that we want to do, and I'm sure the last thing any parent wants to do is to have their child walking around in fear. But the truth is we have to use wisdom and be transparent with our kids about what's going on today. I mean, we have a, a daughter who recently turned 18 and we were, equally as petrified when she started driving. And I'm reminded of when she called that one night, she called us in a panic telling us that she had been pulled over by a cop and she was wise enough to put it on speaker so we could hear everything that was being said. And, you know, we can laugh about it now because you could tell she really wanted to cry. She didn't understand what she had done wrong or why she was being pulled over. And, unfortunately, fortunately it, it, it ended on a positive note. I mean, actually the cop asked her out on a date, which that's a totally different subject because she was only 16 <laughs> at the time. And I'm sure this cop was over 21, so yeah. we won't go there. But as parents, you know, we understand your hurt. We understand your pain. We understand your frustration and your anger and, and your desire to see things change,
0: you know, I mean, what we just talked about, I mean, that's an additional frustration, an additional fear that we have to overcome. Because just becoming parents, we have to continually to pray for our children, especially when they start driving, because we have to cover them and shield them in prayer from just accidents, you know. And now we have to add into that additional hate crimes or
2: or okay. from,
0: from, you know, groups that are, produce hatreds or police or something. Mm-hmm. So it can be a scary time uh, for a family, for a marriage, and it just adds additional mm-hmm. trauma to the family, especially all that we're going through in America. We have this pandemic where families are dealing with past, you know, a passing of loved ones or sickness mm-hmm. and unemployment. Now we have to add all this extra stuff on top of that. But guess what? That's why this is the time more than ever, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to get to know him now. You need to get to know him and have him live in your heart and live in your mind so he can bring peace throughout all the chaos. And so you can dwell in him and he can dwell in you And you can have power to break the fear that is thrown by this world. But tonight, we're going to talk about building or rebuilding the trust when there is a breach in your marriage.
1: Now, trust, those are five simple letters, but it has such a tremendous impact on your marriage, especially when it's broken. I mean, do you realize that trust can be gained or lost in different areas of our lives, be it in small things or, or big things? And when we're talking about trust being broken, we're not just talking about an extramarital affair, be it a physical affair or an emotional affair. Uh, breaking trust in your marriage and having to rebuild it can be due to a, a, something as simple as a broken promise, uh, a lack of honesty about bills. I mean, spending and hiding money from your spouse, or this is a big one that we hear a lot, taking someone else's side against your spouse. And the list can go on and on and on.
0: Now, this can be applied to uh, couples that are dating, Mm -hmm. uh, just getting married, or couples who have been married for a while. Now, the thing is, once you're dating, that trust is, is there. It begins there. Um, And a lot of times, you know, there are some red flags that are put up, even at the dating aspect, and Mm -hmm. that's where you're both are trying to gain trust with each other. And if red flags go up at the dating aspect, wow, so you definitely don't want to move forward and try to get married when you have that level of trust that has been broken. So once you meet each other, you generally have, unless there's some red flags right up front, you have you you look at a person and you can, and based on your past experience your trust level could be at fifty percent, it could be at ten percent, or maybe it could be at eighty or ninety percent, you know because or really sometimes we allow our trust to be at a hundred percent because we're so enthralled with the person's beauty or, or attracted to them physically we're not thinking about anything we just totally want to trust them because we want to get with them, but. As you move on, once you get married, and as you you know that trust level it either increases or decreases. Now, if you started off with the trust level going down in the dating phase, it's just stacking against you as you move on into your relationship.
1: But what we do know is, with the proper tools, your trust can be rebuilt, and and that's the aspect we want to focus on tonight. I mean, there are several things that that you can do to help rebuild trust. So one of the first points to to focus on is just focus on forgiveness. When you're walking out the process of rebuilding trust, you can't continuously live in the past. Have you heard that saying you can't drive a car forward if you're always looking backwards because eventually you're going to crash? Exactly. And the same thing for your relationship. It doesn't mean that you act as if it didn't exist. It doesn't mean that you turn the... Of course, you know, the Bible says we should turn the other cheek. But God gives us wisdom. But when you decide to focus on forgiveness, you're pretty much releasing them from continuously um, hurting you when it comes to that, if that makes sense. You're walking in forgiveness, so it's not something you're going to keep holding over their head. I'm like, every time they do something or say something, you bring it back up, which means you're not really going through the healing process. Now we realize, you know, this is not an instant thing. It's a process and it does take time. So we're not going to sugarcoat it. It does take what? It takes time to rebuild
0: trust. Yes, it does. And that breach in your relationship, that breach in trust, um, it could really just break down a lot of things. But what we have to do is we have to make a commitment yeah. to releasing the excess baggage that comes along with this. Because that once you have that baggage, you, you tend to open up that baggage and go back in the past mm-hmm. and put and add more, you know, to that baggage. And and so that's why we have to commit. Release it, let it go, and don't live in the past.
1: Have you ever thought about, have you ever seen some people that just look angry, just frustrated, irritated with the world? A lot of times they're holding on to some some baggage, some unforgiveness, some things that have happened to their past, and you know that can impact you physically. I mean, they show, studies have shown when you're walking around with that excess baggage, it increases your blood pressure, increases stress, increases anxiety, you know, You know, and it's no good. You're negatively impacting impacting yourself because of something someone else did. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but it is
0: possible, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Now, so what we got to do is we got to have a come to Jesus moment.
2: Okay. And
0: we got to make sure that we're going to commit and be willing to make the changes necessary so that your marriage can win, and so that we can rebuild that trust level up to, you know, the 90s or 100%.
1: Well, you got to be mindful when you're saying be willing, it requires both parts. A lot of people look at it, well, this person offended me, so it's up to them to make it right. But you're going to have to be on that receiving end, too. And you may have to do some introspection. (laughs) Okay, what did I do to contribute to that? What can I do to help us so we blow through these types of situations in the future and we're able to handle it differently, if that makes sense? Because it's, it's very, very easy to say, oh, you'll be pointing the fingers all day. If you, if you t- actually make it, such, it almost looks like a gun. When you're pointing the finger at, at that person, you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. So you've got to be accountable and responsible and willing to make the necessary changes so that your marriage can win. And when we're talking about making changes, if it was a breach when it came to finances, they're spending excess money, they're hiding money, have those conversations. Find out why did they feel they had to hide money? Was there a confrontation that took place before that made them feel they couldn't come to you about that? Is it something that's in their I don't want to say in their bloodline, but it's just something habit, something that they've seen done, you know, when they were kids. You know, mommy was always hiding money from daddy and and vice versa. So that was just the norm. Although these are conversations that should take place before marriage, how many of you guys know we're not perfect? So things tend to resurface, you know, or some things tend to come up to the surface or things we may have ignored, you know, before, you know, perhaps before you were married, you know, you had separate accounts. So you handled your business, they handled theirs. But did you have those conversations in regards to how you would handle them after the marriage? So you have to be willing to make those
0: changes. Now you really hit it right on the head because, Uh uh, (laughs) yes, when you think about it, so why did the person have that mm-hmm. behavior or that action that led up to mm-hmm. breaking that trust? As you said, it could have been something that, mm-hmm. you know, they grew up in and, was, yeah. and it was a behavior that they saw mm-hmm. and they thought it was, it, was, it was correct. Like you were talking about spending, you know, um, maybe they're so accustomed to just buying and mommy and daddy always, you know, provided for them, they never had to worry about money. So that behavior was reinforced when you get into the marriage. Mm -hmm. Although maybe you've spoken with your husband or the husband has spoken with the wife Mm -hmm. and you had an agreement on that, you still fall back into those, those habits or those behaviors that you grew up with. Or maybe it could be out of fear, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, not being forthright about the finances, um, um, you know, and, and holding back or hiding the finances, not ready to trust, you know, the finances with the other spouse.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: not talking about the finances. Or it could be a breach in, in trust with um, being so used to being single mm-hmm. and, you know, and having the freedom to just go about and do what you want
2: mm-hmm.
0: without, you know, having the, not necessarily accountability, but, but at least – Taking in consideration your spouse, yeah,
2: that's you know, true.
0: So you may think you're so accustomed just going and coming home whenever you want to, hanging out with your friends, yeah. you know, doing what you want to, and then when you get married, you know, it's a it's a difference. You got to now, you know, come out of that single mode what you're accustomed to and come into married mode, and you have to take account of ability of what your spouse is feeling, and you know, and build up that trust. that makes sense?
1: That definitely uh, makes sense. We just want to be mindful that anyone, if you're listening, if you have a comment, you have a question or you're concerned, give us a call at 563-999-3519 and push option one, and it'll bring you into the studio. But we, you know, it's really, really important when you're just thinking about marriage and relationships, there's got to be a shift in your mindset of, of what's going on. And, and sometimes those are things uh, you have to think about. And I'll, I'll use this as an example. Trust was broken, and that's a history in my family. Um, my mom was married and divorced twice. On Eric's side of the family, parents married and divorced three times. My grandfather, when he passed away at 94, was on his fourth marriage. So um, stepping outside the marriage was considered the norm back then. But the truth is, that's not actually normal. (laughs) It's not normal. So then when they bring that thought pattern into your marriage, you're like, wait a minute. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm saying we need to have a conversation. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a come to Jesus meeting.
0: But, you know, it's easy to fall into that behavior when that's what you saw growing up. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that time, you know, the father or the mother had that behavior, and the other one never really said anything, or it looks like that they never really, you know, addressed it.
1: Well, you know, but the fact is
0: that doesn't make it right. It doesn't so make it I've right, heard. but it's saying how that behavior mm-hmm. is is brought up from your childhood. Yeah. And so so, you know, and then you know the other spouse is is expecting something different. That's where that communication comes into place. Mm-hmm. You gotta establish the expectations, mm-hmm. and once you establish those expectations to mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. then that's when the trust is set. Mm-hmm. So I trust that if I tell you I expect you to come home mm-hmm. each evening, you know, and uh, and or let me know if you have somewhere to go. Yeah. And I mean, you may be accustomed to saying you know after work you go out and hang out and happy hours with your friends. And don't have to call me or whatever. And I you know, so that's that's an issue that can break trust.
1: Yeah, but I think also it's just a matter of common courtesy and respect. Treat your spouse the way you would want to be treated in return. And if you do like, and there's nothing wrong with hanging out with your friends after work, it's not because when you get married that life ends, you still have friends, you can still get together with them, but still respect your spouse. What if they've cooked dinner? If do you need to let them know, hey. I am going to get together with a few of the fellas. Or I'm going to hang out with my friends. Did you have plans for us? It's a simple communication thing. But another point about that is that, you know, you just have to be willing to make those changes, which kind of parlays into the, the next point, which is just being dedicated. I mean, when you're dedicated, you want, if you really want to be rebuild trust in your marriage, the two of you have to be dedicated. And dedicated how? Meaning that you're dedicated to making your marriage stronger each and every day. That means implementing some simple steps to help strengthen your relationship, to help rebuild the trust. If you keep telling your wife you're going to take out the trash and then she's constantly, you keep forgetting to take out the trash then she's wondering, okay, well, well, what's the problem here? It's just a, a simple request. I've tried texting him, I've tried writing notes, i you know, you've got to come up with something that's gonna work for both of you. And someone out there listening might say, Oh, take out the trash, that's no big thing. But if you think about it, that could be a trigger for someone. And I I the reason I'm thinking about it, I'm laughing because I think about there were times in the beginning of our marriage where we had trigger points. And, and it took me a long time to be able to realize that for my husband to, you know, I always I want the house to be clean, want the bed made. And he would come home and he'd see the bed. and he'd go, oh, and he would jump in the bed. And for <laughs> me, I would get so irritated. I mean, like angry, wanting to scream. And, you know, for him, he was just like, what is the problem? But I had to realize that there was a trigger point. That took me back to my childhood, that how I was scolded when I messed up the bed, when my father withheld love for me when I messed up the bed. So, you know, it was like a form of disrespect to my father. So guess what? In the marriage, that was a form of disrespect to me. Now, you may be thinking simply jumping in the bed. Okay, your situation may not be jumping in the bed. It might be leaving clothes next to the hamper instead of in the hamper. It might be the dishes. There are all kinds of things that can eat away at the trust if someone promises to do something and they don't
0: do it. And that's that's an example of a learned behavior mm-hmm. from your parents, and mm-hmm. you grew up with that expectation because yeah. you learned that by watching your parents yeah. and listening to your parents. And then when it comes to your marriage, you know you you automatically trust that your husband is gonna not you know mm-hmm. go and breach that, that 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 area that you you feel is is very important of when you. You uh, make up the bed and what have you. But here's what we got to look at. So when trust has been broken in your marriage, you're going to have tons and tons of questions circling around in your head. You're going to be like, well, will I ever be able to trust them again? And then you might be saying, man, why me, God? Why me? Why is this happening to me? And you're like, how can I deal with this? You know, especially if it's a breach infidelity, um, or maybe it's a breach where someone is having emotional infidelity. They're they're establishing a connection outside of the marriage, and your inside of the marriage it seems to be dull and stale. Or you know, really, it, it could be like the attention. You're not getting the attention, but yet you're giving all your attention outside of the marriage. Okay,
1: you know, I mean, I definitely,
0: definitely can
1: understand. Uh, so tell me,
0: what is how trust? How How is that defined? Because maybe we want to make sure our listeners know what we mean by
2: trust.
1: All right. So when you look at the word trust, it can be defined different ways. But one way is like you're relying on the integrity of, the strength of, the ability or surety of a person. You have confidence in them. So in essence, I should be able to rely or I should have confidence that my spouse will do what they said they would do. I should be able to, you know, they, it should be that level of integrity with them. You know, if for example, like if you said you're going to pick up something from the store, if you're going to pay the rent, if you're going to handle some business obligations and it's not done, what does it do? It eats away of that, at that integrity or that my confidence or my or ability to be able to trust you. And it's little things. But if you think about it, little things just eating away at the trust. If it Imagine if your trust level was only at 50%. And then mm-hmm. you have little things just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. You've already dropped it tremendously. But then you know what you wind up doing? The trust level is down, but you're still going to build a wall or a level of protection to help prevent yourself from getting hurt. So trust level is way down here. And, you know, the wall of protection is way up here. So you find yourself constantly beating against a brick wall to try to, to chip away to help rebuild that trust. And it's a process. And it can be
0: very, very stressful, very tiring and can wear on you. Let's give an example. So when you first met the person, you noticed that they, uh, you know, you start dating them. And when you come on over there, you start seeing late notices um, <laughs> Bills, <laughs> bill collectors calling. You know, I mean, that's a red flag,
1: right? No, wait a minute, are you being nosy going through their stuff? <laughs> how do <laughs> you just happen to see a late notice? Unless <laughs> well, you <laughs> happen to
0: see it laying on the counter, you uh, know, okay. and you see a big red, you know. Uh, <laughs> Pass due, stamp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and now you're married, right? And so they're supposed to go pay the rent, right? <laughs> For
1: you. Okay. But if you see that, and this is a call, this is a question for our listeners out there. If you're (laughs) dating someone and you start to see all these past due bills, do you mention that to (laughs) them? If this is someone that you're looking at, like longevity or planning on being in a relationship with them for a period of time, do you call them out about this or is that you make a mental note and say, oh no, they don't pay their bills on time? (laughs) Maybe not. I mean, honestly, what are your thoughts on that? Because now, the phase that I am at this age, that would be a red flag for me. Right. But back then when I'm you're in your early 20s or whatever age range you may be at when you're you're dating, yeah. you're not – it might well, be like, it's oh, he's cute. Oh, that's a, he's, exactly. You know, he's exactly. got a job. He's got a home. He's got a car. But if he's not paying his bills <laughs> <he's> on <not>. time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because you're so infatuated with yeah. him. And you know, every time he comes around, you just get you know, tingly inside. You're not thinking about that. You forget about that. You have a tendency of letting that physical aspect about a person kind of push those red flags in the pa- in the back. Right? Well, I
1: have a question. Okay. That red, that eviction notice, that will bring you right back to reality, real quick. That's the best thing. Can I go stay with you?
2: No. I can't. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. I'm sorry. Let's do that. Let's get let's let's
1: get back to let's get back to trust. I tell
0: you this, we got about four minutes to break, so we're gonna just tell you, we're gonna continue here. Um, so back to trust. So we know that you have thought about the fact that every choice or every decision or every action impacts the person to whom you are committed to spending the rest of your life with. And each time you cross that line, you are chipping away at your spouse's trust.
1: So I want everybody to give us a call and let us know what kinds of things would cause you to to or would cause you to to rethink uh, your level of trust in the relationship. Is it someone that's not paying their bills on time? Is it someone that's just forgetting to stay in contact with you? I mean, we want to know. We want to hear from you. I mean, there's a power. powerful powerful quote that I read one time and it was saying that rebuilding trust when it has been broken is not dependent only on the person who has broken the trust so that only stood out to me so basically it's a reminder that when trust is broken in your relationship then it's not just the offender's responsibility to get it right the two of you have to work together and that's something that we tend to, to forget about. It's usually pointing the fingers. He did it. No, she didn't. No, she forgot to pay the bill. No, he forgot to pay the bill. No, he didn't. You know? And we're so busy pointing the fingers, we're forgetting that there's an issue that we need
0: to address.
1: Have, so, have you ever found yourself in that place? Yes,
0: yes, we have. So we have about two minutes before the break. So when we come back from the break, what we're going to do is we're going to give you some steps. Uh, to help you to overcome uh, that forgiveness and so you can start rebuilding your trust. Also, what we're going to do is that we're going to um, give you a scenario of a couple that has had some issues um, and give you like a scenario or you can call it a case study. But guess what? Because we we value all your support and all you listeners out there, we want to give you a gift. Uh, from Dr. Sikisha and I of Marriage Command. This is what we want you to do. What we want you to do is to text. Get your cell phones out and text W-I-N to the number 407 246 No, I'm sorry. 407 258 1246. That's 407 258 One, two, four, six, and you text win.
2: This is a
0: free audio version of the Marriage Can Win
1: book. All right, so we'll be back right, we'll be right back with you after the break. Stay tuned.
2: Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes. Living every moment, no regrets. Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed. Waking up, thanking God. Every day is feeling just like Sunday. why you fly by my side? Green light, everything is going my way. Riding clean, living dreams. Just left the barber and I'm feeling like Midas. Heard him say, give him praise. For in the water, got you acting like this. the a day gone by that I don't try to thank the Lord. Up and if you wonder why I'm driving life, come close and i tell you what's up. Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes. Living every moment, no regrets. Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, yeah. Playing cards, laughing hot. Barbecue and waking up the whole block. Music loud, turning out. Little kids are breaking out the bus stop. Life is good, really good. And every moment, no, I can't forget. I gotta say, I won't change. You're the reason that I am like this. Ain't a day gone by, that I don't try. And if you wonder why I'm loving life, come close and I tell you what's up. Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed. Yes, living every moment, no regrets. Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm blessed. Yes, I'm blessed. Yes, ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed. I'm blessed
1: Ladies Night, each and every Thursday on LoveRadioNetwork.com. Tune in at 7 o'clock with Kimberly Renee for her show, Kiss of Life, at 7.30, Simone Hurt with A Single Woman's Love. 8 o'clock p.m., Tanya Maynard with Naturally Me, Naturally Free. Then at 8.30, it's the Gospel Express with Nina Taylor. Join us each and every Thursday for Ladies Night on LoveRadioNetwork.com.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Marriage Can Win show. Thank you, America, for keeping us in the top spots over the Love Radio Network. We really appreciate you and value all of your listeners for supporting the Marriage Can Win show.
1: Now, we want to get back to what we were talking about before. We were talking about rebuilding trust in the marriage And we want to go through five quick steps that you can implement to start rebuilding trust in your marriage. So everyone get your pen and your paper or get your cell phone and start typing some notes because we're going to go through these points. Okay?
0: Yes. So step number one, as we said before, be committed to forgive or to be forgiven.
1: Now, we talked about this briefly before when we said um, when you're committed to either forgive or be forgiven it's going to require you to be intentional about letting go of the past. A lot of times we tend to hold on things in the past. And next thing you know, in the heat of the moment, or how they call it in those moments of intense fellowship (laughs) to all the sanctified Mary folks, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you got it. You're ready to whip it out. It's like you have that it locked and loaded on your hip. So the moment you get into that memory, that moment of intense fellowship, you whip it out. Remember when you did this and this and this? But that was 10 years ago. I thought we forgot about that. I thought we let that go. Well, no, and the next thing you know, you're just going on and on and on, and that has absolutely nothing to do about what you're talking about. I mean, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. But you got to, what's key is going to be able to commit to that, willing to, to walk in forgiveness. I mean, so just be mindful. That means like, in other words, every time you're upset, don't rush and bring it up in some form of retaliation. Like it's not even relative to what you're talking about. You start fussing about them leaving their shoes out because they didn't, I don't know, go pay the rent. You know, it's just something that you're holding on the inside. You didn't really release that that in order to walk in forgiveness. So you just, it's just waiting to
0: explode. Or you know your spouse's hot button. Every time you get ready, you pu- you punch that hot button, and you know, and you know that that's just going to make them just blow their top.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Word of wi- a word to the wise, word to uh, a word of wisdom to all the married couples: if you know what your spouse's triggers are, if you are tempted to push that red button that you know will send your spouse over the edge, resist the urge to do it. Like, pop yourself on the hand. You guys come up with some sort of, um, We tell them, come up with some sort of word that lets you know, hey, we need to cut this conversation right here. Because if I respond right now, I'm operating in high emotions and low intelligence. So it's going to be hard to, to really bounce back from what I might say. And we, now, granted, we should be wise enough to be able to say, oh, I know I won't do this to my spouse. Nobody ever wants to intentionally hurt their spouse. But when they're doing something and you're feeling hurt or offended, sometimes the common response is to lash out. And we've got to learn how to use wisdom in those areas and control ourselves. So a suggestion when you're walking in forgiveness, come up with a safe word, something that lets your spouse know, hey, put a pin in this situation right now. I need 30 minutes in another room by myself, either toe. Exercise, walk it out, do whatever you got to do to bring those emotions back down to a rational level. And I, I'm just being real.
0: Yeah. And guess what? You are just as guilty mm-hmm. because you start the fire mm-hmm. and the fire begins to burn and do some destruction. So you are just as guilty for starting and stoking the fire mm-hmm. as the fire burning and causing destruction. So don't push that red button. Don't strike that match and throw it into the table. I know
1: it's already shining and it's calling your name. You're just like, (laughs) ooh, once they finish, you have that, oh, yes, a point of clarification. Avoid the jump rope mentality. And um, for those of you that have heard our shows before, when we refer to it, double the, jump, dutch. Yeah, the jump rope <laughs> mentality. For those of you guys that are, you know, if you can think back to the olden days where you did double dutch and you're like sitting on the side, you're waiting for your turn, and then just turning the rope and you get ready to jump in. You're not paying attention timing to things. It. You're just, you're timing it because you're ready to jump in and just go for it. So we want to make sure that when you're committing to forgive or, or be forgiven, that that jump rope mentality, don't be waiting on the side, ready to just jump in and go for it. You will not be happy with the result.
0: Exactly. I promise you. Exactly. So step number two, you got to be open. You have to be willing to do the work necessary to repair that breach.
1: Meaning you can't just say I'm sorry. You say I'm sorry and then what? Put a plan of action into place. There's nothing that speaks louder to your spouse than changed behavior. It's good to say, okay, baby, I'm sorry. What are you sorry about? What are we gonna do to prevent this from happening again? What caused it to happen in the future? What are you willing to do to make sure or what are you willing to commit to to make sure it doesn't happen again? And then what am I willing to do not to light that fire as well? It's gonna be a two-way street. You know, the underlying cause of that, it needs to be identified and addressed by both of you.
0: Yes, you can't repair broken trust with just promises and statements of forgiveness. And that's just like putting out emptiness words. They don't mean anything. They have no meaning. They have no trust behind it. It has nothing of substance. And the person can tell that you're lying through your teeth. <laughs> oh, that'd be so harsh. <laughs> and you know that's the thing how can you trust someone at their word when they have a history Mm -hmm. of you know not meaning and not doing what they say so how can so they say i'm not gonna do it no more you know how kids are Mm -hmm. you know and and and, um the the parents say don't go stealing the cookies out of the drawer no more right Mm -hmm. and so the next thing you know they're stealing cookies, and you go in there, and then you count the cookies. You got 10 cookies in the jar, right? So <laughs> oh, good. And you already call them red-handed because the, you, know, you can hear the <laughs> cookie jar being open. And then you go down there, and you spank them. And while they're getting spanked, they go,
2: hey, you're doing no more! Because no they, they got
0: caught. So are they, doing,
1: are they saying I'm sorry because they're truly remorseful, or are they saying it because they got caught?
2: Exactly.
0: Hmm. So you say, okay, you're not going to do it anymore? Yeah, mommy, yeah, daddy, I won't do it anymore. And then All of a sudden, 30 minutes later, you hit a cricket jaw again,
2: right?
1: So in other words, they weren't really remorseful. It was just lip service. Exactly. So we need to understand as husbands and wives that lip service will not get you far. You know, it'll smooth it over temporarily, but it's going to rear its ugly head. You're going to have to be able to deal with the cause of the situation and, and be open to, to do what needs to be done in order to rebuild trust in your, in your relationship. If you say you're going to pay the rent or mortgage on time, put a reminder in your phone, write a note, something like that. And it's going to speak volumes to your spouse. It shows that you are really,
0: really trying. So that leads us to step number three. Be mindful of your innermost feelings and share your thoughts.
1: Well, you got to openly discuss the details and express like all your anger, your hurt and your disappointment, because sometimes as we try to be these, okay, I'm gonna be real. Sometimes we just try to be this prim and proper wife. Oh, it's okay, baby. Oh, it's okay. And this boiling up is just boiling. It's under your skin and you're frustrated. Now you gotta use wisdom in how you're talking to your spouse, but don't keep sweeping everything under the rug. Cause what you're doing, you're just allowing that anger and resentment to fester. And you just keep sweeping it under the rug, sweeping it under the rug until it erupts into a huge explosion of emotions. That's usually often irrelevant. It's just it keeps coming up and coming up. Have you ever seen those kids at school? It's like they've been bullied and then they just snap. Mm. And that and that's kind of how it is with the relationship and I'm not justifying it but you do need to have that open dialogue, share your thoughts. I felt hurt when this happened. You know, I'm feel this makes me feel angry. This makes me feel disrespected. Be, you know, so your spouse can understand because our spouses are not mind readers. I had to learn that the hard way. You know, it's really good. Nothing against you guys. I love y'all. I love the men, but sometimes <laughs> You know, you guys will say, yeah, honey, yeah, honey, just to kind of, so it can be swept under the rug without really fully understanding why she feels that way. So you're like, dang, I said I'm sorry. Okay, you said you're sorry, but sorry for what? I don't know, just just <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I have the remote, please? Because, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, to you, it's just not that yeah. big of a deal. But guess what? She suppresses it, and it gets frustrating. And just every little thing from that point on, do you know it tends to stimulate a reaction? It's like clockwork, and you're like, "What is wrong with her? Why is she always angry? Why is she frustrated? She never really dealt with those feelings from the beginning."
0: And then, the, and then he never really dealt with what he, his part of causing those feelings to to fester <laughs> and to grow, and then all of a sudden she explodes. You know, you, you you drop water on the floor, and all of a sudden she's cursing you out. You know. <laughs> Or you know, you... Well, we hope that's not the case. Okay, so. home, but
1: there is there, you know, she can <laughs> erupt into a, a big ball of emotions, and I'm sure you, you know, the husband could be standing there with a the big question mark on his head, like, what
0: in the world just happened? He's like clueless. He's like, I just took my clothes off to take a shower. What do you mean they get they need to go in the? I was gonna put them in the dirty clothes after I got out the shower. We're okay. <laughs>
1: for the first time, second time, but by the twentieth time, you start to feel some kind of way. But then that's also a level of maturity for spouses to recognize which uh, habits or imperfections your spouse have has which ones is require an act a response and which ones don't because there you know, there's some things where it's like I, I just can't get in to put the clothes in the dirty clothes basket. But I'm not gonna spend the rest of my life walking around angry, frustrated, screaming, not having peace in my home because of clothes in the dirty clothes basket. We're gonna we're gonna have to find another way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
0: Now this is leading us to the next step. Step number four:
2: mm-hmm.
0: be honest.
2: Yeah.
0: Tell them why it occurred. If this is a pattern, was it external influences? Oh yeah. You know, or <laughs> internal influences? Yeah. So we gotta be honest. We can't just tell our spouse <laughs> what we know or what we think they want to hear.
1: Yeah. And um, you know what? When you said external influences. All kinds of things start flowing through my mind. Oh, you start gosh. making me think about a teaching that we did on who or what is influencing exactly, your spouse. But yeah. that's that's a whole nother teaching altogether. But when you think about it, there are external influences that can um, kind of can impact your spouse. Now we need to be. I grant, I get it. We all need to be wise enough. We can think for ourselves, establish boundaries. To be, but to be honest, there are external pressures that impact your spouse.
0: Especially if we have to go to work and when we work outside the home,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know and we're exposed to uh, something that we're not getting inside the home, mm-hmm. you know and we always talk about this the acts of service. Okay. Somebody may be supplying those acts of service outside of the home, mm-hmm. and they're influencing your spouse. Well, I was thinking of a different example. Okay, but, so) it is. But, uh... <laughs>
1: But no, 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 we can honestly, honestly deal with, with your example. I was thinking in terms of even, my thing is a huge thing is finances, because that's something that's really impacting households during the season, you know, the shift with layoffs and, and all kinds of things. But it makes me think about a time where, you know, ladies, you can back me up, you can be out shopping and you know you are on a budget. But you're hanging out with your friends. You're grabbing a cup of coffee, and then they're like, "Oh, let's go! I don't know Macy's because there's, this, oh, Macy's. Huge, there's yeah. this huge sale, and they, you know, they start buying shoes. And oh, girl, just try them on. Friends oh, and family day, you get an extra
0: ten percent off. <laughs> okay, you're not helping. Um,
1: <laughs> and you're you're talking about, and next thing you know, you're buying some shoes, or you're spending money outside of your budget. So then you have to go home. You don't want to, you don't want to, tr- you know, trigger your spouse. So you can leave them in the trunk of your car, or you, you bring them in the house later on, something along you the know line.
0: What? You know, and it, and it may not be too bad if you get the black bottom shoes instead of the red bottom shoes. You
2: know what? Because
0: <laughs> that's yeah. the difference between seventy nine ninety nine and seven hundred and ninety nine. Right. And so. It won't be that hard of a hit when it comes down and looking at that. But when you're on a budget, you still of have course. to be
1: realistic. Seventy nine dollars can be truly detrimental versus seven hundred ninety nine dollars. It might true. be a small hit depending on the on the on their budget, but you just need to be open and honest unto why it happened. Is it a pattern? Is it something you just have a a habit of going outside the budget? Do you have a habit of allowing your parents, your in laws, mother in law, father in law, sister? brother to, to speak into your spouse's life and, and impact their decisions, that can be a really really difficult thing
0: so also but when we go back to that let's revisit that now, so when we say be honest, mm-hmm. we have to be honest about why we did what we did, we have to be honest about um, you know, that's the person who's breaking the trust, right mm-hmm. we got to be honest,
2: uh-huh.
0: why or what led up to that, and the mm-hmm. person who is the forgiver they got to be honest about their feelings toward that, how they feel about that, because that trust level oh, just down. dropped. And then you, we, God forbid, it drops down to zero because that's a lot to crawl back up. But it still, it can be done, mm-hmm. you know, but we got to be honest. Yeah. And so the, the forgiver has to be honest to the, the breaker <laughs> to let them know this is what I need to build that trust level back up. All that's right. what level four is.
1: Now, that leads me to point number five, which is our final one. For those of you who have been taking notes, um, just a reminder, we talked about being committed to, to forgive or be forgiven. We talked about being open. We talked about being mindful of your innermost feelings, being honest. And the last point is being consistent. Nothing speaks louder to your spouse than changed behavior. And I know I may have said that before, but that's the culmination point, be consistent your spouse we said a part of that word trust they need to be able to to rely on you they need to be able to have confidence in in you but you've got to make sure that you are demonstrating behaviors your actions need to be lining up with your words and that you know that's a huge thing right now
0: so um, now this reminds me of this couple that we know we know very well uh-huh. uh, that they had a break in their uh, their trust or their breach in their trust. Yeah. Now we know there's many different breaches mm-hmm. uh, in trust, and it takes some steps to rebuild that trust and for and start the forgiveness process. It could be as simple as like we were talking about paying the bills, mm-hmm. um, spending habits, um, some things. Mm-hmm you know, like staying out late or just, you know, doing what you say. But, you know, something that really can be very detrimental is like a breach in infidelity, you know, going outside of the family, having emotional infidelity or physical infidelity. That's a big, that's a big breach in trust. And so I know, um, remember this couple, the man, he was really, um, when he met uh, his and at that time girlfriend, he was like overwhelmed with her beauty and was really attracted with it. He was really you know dating a lot of different women, but when it came down to it, he saw her, he dropped everybody and just spent all his time with her and Then the next thing you know, you know <clears throat> they got they uh they actually got married they, they they graduated, they got married, they both got great jobs they were making six figures. They were like best friends Mm -hmm. and man, they had ultimate intimacy. They were like emotionally always sharing with each other and everything was great. Everything was fine. They, they built a home. They had nice cars. Everything was just so awesome in their lives.
1: But you know, one key thing that I'm thinking about speaking each other's love language, because that was one of the greatest impacts that they had in their relationship.
0: Because time brought about a change. Yeah. It started out like that. It was awesome. But as they as it grew, things changed. They had yeah. kids and then they had businesses and they so were
1: serving in ministry together. Serving in ministry. And I mean life was good, but it just all of a sudden just came down on them. And when you think <clears> about <throat> it, um, the way I, I, I remember it was that, you know, they were I think they were, like, going to church or something like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were in the car on their way to church. Got, I think there was some tr- something going on with the traffic in front of the car. And they call- went down. I think the, the wife reached down to use her husband's phone. Yeah, the
0: phone, um, you know how they have a text message you yeah. hear the beeping sound? Yeah.
1: Yeah. She was going to call the church, and then she got a, a text message on her husband's phone, and then she started reading the text messages, and then her heart just dropped you know, she started seeing messages between her husband and, and someone else. And and it, it was not the type of, it wasn't a message that was from her. So her world was shattered. And then when they got to church, as soon as they got there, what did they do? Put them on the front row. Isn't that what like, you're like, <laughs> are you serious? Yes. And, and they were put on the front row of the church. And of course, what happens in church? They tell you, the pastor tells you to do what? Hug your neighbor. Get up and <laughs> hug, hug your, your neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> How many of you know that was not going to happen?
0: So. But so he looked over at her, and she looked at him, and gave him that mean look, like
2: like
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh still, and don't even don't you even think about it. Stay <laughs> <Hey>, right there.
1: <laughs> but she, the way she explained it to me, well, the way she explained it was that, you know, that whole day was a blur to her. The only thing that she could remember was the pastor starting to teach on
0: trust and forgiveness. And And she
1: looked over at him and just shot him a look she was
0: done with him. She she was was like, okay, she was thinking of the the D word.
1: Yeah, she was done with him. And then uh, she remembered hearing the the pastor say you shouldn't make a permanent decision based on temporary emotions. So they started working out a process. You know, went to their pastor, got, started getting everything together, and they had to start implementing these five, five steps that today. we were talking about tonight. That You know, they had to become, be committed to forgiving one another. They had to be open and willing to do the work necessary. They had to be mindful of their innermost feelings and sharing their thoughts. They had to be honest on why the, that occurred, and they had to be consistent and demonstrating changed behavior.
0: They started out with an awesome relationship, and then all of a sudden, they had awesome communication, they had awesome financing, they had awesome intimacy, and but yet something came in and broke the breach. And so they had to implement those steps.
1: And once they did,
0: they They, were
1: able to rebuild the trust in their marriage.
0: And guess what, guys? That couple... Is Dr. Sakisha and myself.
1: That was us years ago.
0: But guess what? That was a defining moment in our relationship and in our marriage, and it birthed our first book, *The Marriage Can Win*, where we actually gave those three tips to overcome what we call the Great Divide: communication, finance, and sex. And so, what what else did um, we did was eventually. Our new uh, project that's going on right now, and it's called Struggling to Keep the Vows. And what we did is we got together with 12 other different couples that also are sharing their, um, their, their defining moment in their, um, their marriage. And so we can help other couples to overcome those issues and, and then help them overcome that struggling in their vows.
1: So just we just want to send this out as a reminder when we get on here and we do uh, these calls or these shows and we're sharing tips and, and things. And yeah, we, we went through a lot of all the training and, and ministry training, but we want people out there to realize that marriage is not perfect. It's hard work, but your marriage can when? when even when you're struggling to, to keep, keep the your vows.
0: And the thing is, Dr. Sakisha and I are truly transparent um, in in our struggles, in our marriages. And so we've always come up with our tips and stuff. So we know firsthand, not by the training, because we have plenty of training, we have the experiencing. And so this is why we employ we you to get the resources that we have. You can go out and, uh, and purchase the Marriage Can Win book on Amazon, or you can go to our website and download the book and also the workbook. We have an assessment that you can you can actually assess your relationship in the areas of communication, finance, and sex. And you can also get the, the newest book, Struggling to Keep the Vow. Right now we're pre-selling them. You can go to... Eric. Struggling to keep the vows and you can get your book now. Yeah. And so, what we want to do is we want to close out in prayer. We want to lift up everyone out there in America. We want to lift up All the protesters. We want to lift up the government. We want to. We want to lift up everyone who's struggling through these COVID viruses right now. Whether you're going through unemployment, whether you're going through marriage uh, issues because you're forced to be together and you're not used to being together. So we're going to lift you up in prayer right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and for you are the king of all kings, the only king, the Lord of all lords. You are the alpha, the omega, the creator of all creation. You created each and every one of us, and you created each and every one of us, whether we're different shades of color. You created us, and you created us in your image and your likeness. You blessed us with your spirit. And And, Father, I just thank you for all your goodness and grace. I thank you for your love, for loving us in every area of our life. Father, we ask you to, to just bless America right now. Bless the healing from the government, from the protesters, from the victims, from, from the, the, the people who are watching who have never experienced this type of racism and, and discrimination and crime and violence. Right now we come against all evil and hurt, harm, or danger that's covering and hovering over America. We break every 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 spirit of division, every spirit of murder, every spirit of hate. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak and let the Holy Spirit flow over everyone listening. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and saturate you right now. And then, everyone you come into contact, the love of Christ will flow on them off of you. And everyone that you speak to, the love of Christ will flow on them in the name of Jesus as this is the love radio network the spirit of love from God is flowing as each broadcast and each person who's listening and each person that you're speaking it shall flow unto them in the name of Jesus Amen so remember that you can be the change in your relationship and in your life that you want to see in your, in your in your life
1: until next Tuesday we'll see you then